0: I've lived, I think, an interesting life with both good and bad, like we all do. And I think that I have weathered the bad as well as I could. I have really no regrets.
1: Hello, friends. Dave here. Welcome to another episode of the Rise Together podcast. If uh, you've been a listener for any length of time, you are probably familiar with my grandma Lee, this uh, this last week, Grandma Lee made her transition on into heaven, uh, passed away on Monday night, and I have learned so many things from her. I have um, I've just had the greatest, most special relationship with her. Uh, I was the oldest of her grandchildren, and there was something about her humor palette and mine um her sensibility and mine that just seemed to click and uh we just we just had a great relationship i uh i miss her but uh i've spent the last few days going through some of what is me having recorded some of our times together in the last couple of years knowing as, uh, as you approach 100 years old, and ultimately in December, when she turned 100 years old, um, you know there's something of a ticking clock. There's not so much time left. And there were so many laugh out loud moments, so many, oh my goodness, that's a golden nugget. I can't believe I hadn't thought of that kind of moment. And um, I thought, you know what, in, uh, in tribute to her, uh, I'm going to share a little of what she shared with me. Uh, as much so that I have uh, a way to come back and listen to it as much as I'd hope that you might also either uh, laugh a little take some of the wisdom that she has imparted and uh, potentially apply it in your life or maybe if um, if you have a grandparent that you haven't seen or have a grandparent that you've lost uh, maybe this, episode, this, uh, again, this tribute as I attempt to honor Grandma Lee and her legacy, uh, maybe it reminds you of someone who was special in your life. I'm going to start by reading the little tribute that I put up on social uh, this week. It's, um, you know, it's it's a hard thing because you know that, uh, of course, the end is always going to come. And uh, it doesn't make it uh, necessarily easier to get there, uh, to have it happen. And yet, uh, on the other side of her passing, um, we are in a window of, of some peace in knowing um, where she is and, uh, and how well she lived her life, how full her life was.
0: Well, I have had a very, I think, unusual life. First of all, I'm the only American born in my my family. Even my younger brother was born in Italy. And so were my mom and dad. We never had a relative in America, even to come to visit. So we had to make our own life. And because my father was a binge drinker on wine. We had no social life with other Italian people that we might have met. So my brother Louis and I just did our own thing. And we were very successful in getting friends and doing things and being happy people. Unfortunately, he passed away long before, and I'm still here. He was 84 when he died, had been married twice. He, uh, Lou and I were married 1947, and in the next seven or eight years, we had five children, your mother being the fourth of five. There was Ken, Don, Alice, Patty, your mom, And Tom.
1: Um, But this is the tribute that I put up for her. My sweet grandma Lee made her way to heaven last night. She did so peacefully and pain-free. For a woman who's seen it all in her hundred years, I can't even imagine what she's seeing today. When I came to say my goodbye, her transition had already begun. She'd already spoken her final words, a simple statement to my mom. I'm ready. It's an enviable thing, the idea of getting to the end of your life, ready to go. It's a reflection of the power of her faith, a life well lived, the number of people she impacted over time. The last time we spoke, I asked her how I could support her on this journey toward the end. Without hesitating, she smiled and said, just keep saying your prayers, David. And don't let my death, don't let any hard times that come your way, keep you from living your life. This from a woman who was the daughter of Italian immigrants, a veteran of war, a single mom to five who made it through divorce, buried another husband, lost a son to cancer, a grandson by suicide, got a front row seat to the perils of serious mental illness, and before she died had said goodbye to just about all of her friends. In hindsight, her answer was highlighting a dynamic duo, the power of faith paired with perseverance, heeding the call to live fully and love well. Feels like the recipe for getting to the end ready to go. She was one of a kind, smart, competitive, witty, stubborn, tenacious, and full of grit. Strong for all she'd been through, wise for all she'd seen. Mostly, I'll miss the way we made each other laugh. She loved her church, her family, Wednesday Bridge, the frustration of being an Angels fan, and nightly jeopardy. Last night was the last of seven unresponsive days, and the first time the TV in her room was turned on. At a commercial break, her pulse really slowed and my mom read the 23rd Psalm twice. When the final Jeopardy question was revealed, her mouth gently closed and she was free. It feels right. Thank you for all the kind notes. Thank you for the prayers, especially for my mom. There is peace as we turn to celebrating her life and legacy next week. It's been, You know an interesting stretch of time and it's a it's a a crazy thing because i sat with her and she was as witty and funny and alert and you know all of the qualities that make the times that we hang out everything that they are and when we got the headline from the hospice team that it felt like the end was near uh, if you've ever been through loss of a, of a loved one, especially someone who's advanced in age, um, it can be jarring walking into that room on that day. Uh, I, I didn't recognize my grandma because it was not, you know, it wasn't the woman who'd been there uh, just a month earlier. And that's, you know, part of what happens at the end. What's interesting is, um, you know as we had a conversation around this diagnosis of cancer just a few months back and they gave the you know hard to hear but real deadline timeline of how something like this likely proceeds in uh, giving her just a few months to live in a weird way because she had survived so much and been through so much and seen literally everything in her hundred years on the planet I think there was almost this like disbelief this incredulous like of course she's going to um, just live forever um but that's you know certainly not the way it works the one thing um and i'm going to share a little bit of our uh, kind of our last one of our last conversations in the episode here knowing kind of where she was going having the faith that she had and the belief that she did changes the tenor of the entire conversation as it pertains to like how you feel about what comes next or even how you feel about facing some of the unknowns in you know how you get to the end of this time on earth i thought it was um really poignant that this final conversation that she had before she became unresponsive was one with my mom. And she'd explained that, man, she just looked her right in the eye and and she said she was ready. And I thought, man, you know, isn't that the thing to look forward to or, or, or attempt to emulate or um, see as a model, the, this idea of having lived such a full life and a faithful life and um and a life that, you know, leaves you at the end of it, looking back without regret and looking forward with anticipation for what comes next. It's, um, it's a rad thing. And it's part of why, as much as, of course, there's sadness in the transition from earth to heaven. Um, there's also peace and some gratitude for what was a very peaceful uh, transition. And so anyway, uh, I'm having a a slew of emotions, as is the rest of my family. Um, as I said in what I put up on social, I just I'm so grateful for anyone who um, saw me represent that it felt like the end was near and responded with thoughts and prayers, especially for my mom, who um, of course, is processing the loss of her mother, and um, you know it's it's a um, it's a beautiful thing to see the faithfulness that she also has in kind of the knowing of where grandma's gone. That as much as it's been hard, um, there is an introduction of peace and of um, of peace <laughs> in uh, this now. Um, new stage of her, you know, now eternal life. So um, anyway, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful for anyone and everyone who uh, extended their generosity and their thoughts and their prayers and anything else uh, over the last stretch of time. One of the things um, that I also was just really struck by in the kind of end of my last conversation, as I again, reached out and, and asked her, hey, how can I, you know, how can I best support you? that idea of kind of living your life, like loving fully living fully um, in some ways, like as an honor to the fact that you still have an opportunity to do so. um, I just think there's something so important (laughs) in that uh, that I want to stay connected to. I've, gone through a whole host of interesting things, hard things. Many of you, most of you, all of you um, have done the same. And the idea that irrespective of the conditions that get thrown your way, you might still choose to show up for your life and live your life and pursue your you know, closest relationships and loving them well and spending time intentionally um, in people that lift you up, that you might lift them up as well that does feel like the way you get to the end and have something of this I'm ready attitude because of having known that you, that you did well, you did well. How did you get through all these hard
0: times? Oh, I got it all. My faith in God is the one that got me through it.
1: So some of these first conversations, they come out of uh, sit down with my gram during 2022, uh, a couple of different occasions where uh, I got out a recorder and recorded our conversation so that I could uh, go back and listen. And uh, she's got some great little nuggets inside here and I hope that they um, make you laugh and uh, maybe make you think.
0: Well, that's what I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm really losing my memory. I don't have the memory I used to have, that's for sure. But uh, it, it's just.
1: What's amazing when I was like thinking about our conversation is that idea that you have been through literally everything. You have been through everything.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have. Yeah, coming, coming from nothing. Coming from a family that was four people Never having a visitor coming from Europe. Yeah. You know, and never having an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, nobody. And my brother and I, as soon as we were old enough to leave home and make friends, we did just fine. Yeah. We really did. He and I are... As different as we could possibly be, yeah I know when my kids and like your mom and the rest of the kids when they first met my brother, they couldn't believe we both came from the same <laughs> parents yeah you know, Louie was just a a different type of character completely and uh, <laughs> he was a funny guy <laughs> he was funny
1: guy. You know what's crazy to me is when I think about the grandma that I first met, as in like, I'm young, I know that you are my grandma, you were already quote-unquote old. (laughs) Right? 40 years ago, you were already 60, whatever it was, right? 68, 69, 40 years ago. Not that that's old, because my mom's 68, but... You were my grandma. Right. And now 40 years have gone by, and you are unbelievably similar to the person that I am talking about from 40 years ago.
0: Exactly.
1: Right? It's crazy to me how your looks have not changed, your mental capacity has not changed. I know there's some things that are slipping. Oh, yeah. You're a little slower, you know, you're not running the four anymore. <laughs> I understand. Oh, no. But there are there are so many things that when I look at your hands, when I look at your eyes, like
0: yeah.
1: you're the same. Forty years later, like I'm very different than I was I, two years ago.
0: I am, I am really fortunate to, you know,
1: well, to still look as as young as I do. Yes, you. Yeah, I agree with this.
0: You know, I, I it, it's. I think a lot of it is just my Italian heritage. Yeah,
1: it's in your genes. It's
0: in my genes, and uh, I I I've just been so blessed. I have the most wonderful family. I could not have had better children. I miss my Kenny. Uh, And all my grandkids and my great, I have 30 some great grandchildren.
1: It's amazing.
0: It is, it really is amazing. And I don't remember now, like I used to, their birthdays and, you know, to get things to them. uh,
1: Once you hit critical mass, like you hit a certain number of grandkids or great grandkids, you can't send cards to everybody. You gotta, you just gotta move past that.
0: I don't, no, I don't do the, well, I, I can't get around anymore. Yeah. I haven't been in a store and I can't remember the last time that I was in a store. You're not
1: missing anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, the kids took the car away from me when I was 96, right, <laughs> right before my 96th birthday. You know
1: what I love is that you find a way to bring that up every time I see you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well that's very important. You think to me. you're
1: getting that car back at 99? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just uh, <laughs> I like I said, I just can't believe I'm still here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I call you, I ask the same thing. How you doing? Like I'm a little older. I can't believe I'm still here. <laughs> right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Such a different life. Yeah. You know, uh, I went through the depression. I went through World War II. I joined the service. I just, I, I I, I was fortunate to have the parents that I had, who allowed me to do those things. In that generation, and most of my friends you know, their parents would not allow their kids to go out and join the service, especially the woman, the women, you know, Uh, with the men, it was different. But my my mom and dad were (laughs) unbelievable people, you know. My mother absolutely was a saint. For that woman to come from this upper class family in Northern Italy, in that beautiful mansion and to marry this man who couldn't hold a job yep. because of his drinking. Yep. And, and for her, and never, ever, I never saw her frown. She, if, if things got pretty bad, sometimes she would take off at two in the morning with the dog and take a walk.
1: <laughs> clearer clear mind.
0: Yeah, you know, if, if if my if my dad was drunk, what he what he would do, he would listen to the radio and he would turn it on as loud as you could get. It. <laughs> and and of course Louie and I would go to bed and, and we wouldn't we would still fall asleep. Well Mom couldn't you know fall asleep. So she'd take Snowball, our dog, and (laughs) off she'd go. She she, She was unbelievable, that's all I can say.
1: It is interesting because you are, you're such a strong woman. I have always thought of you as like very strong. And you've always had a way to see the bright side, which is probably a testament to the influence of your mom.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I could not have had a better role model, that's for sure. That woman should be a saint up there in heaven. Yeah. Because she never, you know, my dad would be drunk on Christmas. And so we would have, Louie and I would be invited to some stranger's house for the holiday. Uh. And my mother would say, go, have a good time. And she would stay home with this man,
1: <laughs> Unreal. you
0: know, and, and but never complain. I just I can't, I just can't believe the kind of person that my mother was. Yeah. That's all I can say. And to have had that beginning under some of the worst circumstances, we were on welfare for a while. And then the, at one point, the uh, I don't know if it was the state or the county or what it was, didn't think that we were being taken well, cared for. So we were, we were sent to this camp and both Louie and I, and we were supposed to gain weight. Oh. It was about 30 pounds underweight or something or other, anyhow. He he gained his weight, and he enjoyed it, and in no time, he was back home. And me, I was there for months, Oh and I, I wouldn't eat. And I remember one time.
1: Strong woman, you're stubborn. At,
0: at, at breakfast, I didn't finish my food, and I sat there until noon <laughs> with this food in front of me.
1: I could see you doing that now, to be honest. That is not something that you have shaken off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I- uh, I
1: never heard the story of you having to go to bulk up camp.
0: Oh yeah, it was, uh, I forget whether it was county or state or what it was, but it was depression times and there were kids who didn't didn't have food. Yeah. Well, that was not the case with me. I just wouldn't eat. (laughs) (laughs) And and my my, my mother was, you know, she was went along with what whatever came along, my mother went along with it and and accepted, you know, she thought that stayed in the county. They were all wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> Taking care of us, helping her. I just, it, it's just um
1: Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were 10?
0: Well, I was going to be a nun.
1: You were going to be a nun? Uh-huh.
0: Huh. I love the nuns. See, I had these uh, sisters. What the heck were they? Sisters of Notre Dame I think from the third grade on I had these nuns prior to third grade I went to public school and then at one point I don't know why it came about but anyhow my mother finally put me into st. Michael's Catholic school at third grade And those nuns were so good to me. Mm. And I loved those nuns. And, you know, they were sure I was gonna be a nun. Well, when I, (laughs) I got to eighth grade, And I discovered boys.
1: (laughs) That changed the plan? (laughs) Completely.
0: (laughs) So so the nuns weren't very good to me after
1: that. (laughs) They changed their tune. Oh,
0: my God.
1: We lost one. We thought we had her. We lost her. (laughs) 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 Oh. I've got to be honest, if uh, you'd gone down that path, I'm not sure I'd be here, so I appreciate that you change your ways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Uh, Life is funny, but I have always been, I have never allowed uh, problems or bad things to affect me. Yeah. You know, no matter what it was. And of course, I hated my name. And I, I, I remember I ran for some office in high school. And of course, Lena Gromo. Ugh, who would vote for
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> Lena Gromo. I never even put your name together that way in my entire life. I've only ever known you as Grandma Lee, and I've never used your maiden name. (laughs) You're right, that's that's an unelectable name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. But you know, I
1: just
0: lived through all of it and did the best I could, and here I am. 99 years old. It's amazing.
1: What's great is I remember that part that you got to hear from the book. You were right. You know, like I'm on the other side of this hard, hard thing I went through. And I have so much appreciation for going through it. I feel, I feel at peace, which is a thing I don't know that I could have said two years ago. You know,
0: for me, faith. Is the most important thing yeah and no matter what I had to go through I never lost my faith in God in my church I always practiced my faith yeah and even though there was a time because I divorced which I wasn't supposed to do I continued to go to mass I did not go to communion because I was a divorced Catholic, and that was a no-no. But I lived through it and got on the other side. And I had two really good men—both uh, your grandpa Cushey and and Harry. Were Very good to me.
1: Are you still playing bridge a couple times a week?
0: I played yesterday. I'm playing tomorrow.
1: (laughs) You're a baller. You love this bridge. You still have that gentleman friend of yours? Now that
0: that Harry's gone, I have the most wonderful men in my life.
1: Okay, okay. Easy, easy. It's a little too soon for me.
0: And yesterday I played with uh, Mike, let's see, Mike, uh, uh, Bob, and Betty. Yeah, there was two men and two women. And tomorrow, I will play with Mike, Mark, and whoever they bring in would be another man. <laughs> yeah. This Mark, I love. I, mean, I love them all. But this Mark, uh, very interesting. Uh,
1: How long have you been married when you got divorced? Well, let me
0: think. I was married in 47...
1: Uh, I'm married in 1947. Did they have weddings back then?
0: Oh, well. Oh,
1: I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah. I uh, I was married in 47. I think I married Harry 30 years later in 77. (laughs) And he would like to have had a
1: baby with me. What
0: I, I said to him. No way, (laughs) I'm 57 years old.
1: Oh my goodness, could you imagine? Yeah. No, I have have such great memories of both grandpas.
0: It was great, and then I don't know if you are aware that Lou had this sister, Mary, Mm -hmm. with 14 children.
1: Unbelievable. (laughs) There needs to be laws about that, but keep going. She, she, she
0: married Jack Kramer, and he came from a family, I think there was only, two. I don't remember, if, I know he had a sister. I don't think she ever married. Anyhow, his kids were the only grandchildren on that side. On the, on the cachet side, there were, my God, my in-laws must have had 20-some
1: grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas must have been fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh. I shared with everyone the wisdom that you afforded me about how in your long life, you had been through a bunch of hard times and you, in having been through hard times, knew for sure that my ability to get through them existed and that getting through this season that I'm in was going to make me stronger on the other side. And after I shared that story... People immediately demanded that I got you on this show. So you are the most requested guest we've ever had on this podcast, and I'm glad that you're here.
0: (laughs) Well, that's
1: interesting. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things about my grandma that I just absolutely love, have so much appreciation for, is the way that she was able to speak some truth to me about what it means to go through hard things and this reality that I absolutely was going to be able to get through those hard things and that on the other side of them, I would have the benefit of perspective in being able to see all that I learned, how I grew, how much stronger I was for having gotten through those things. And it was something that was a gift afforded because of the thing that comes in having lived to be a 100 years old. Um, I tell a story about this in keynotes that I end up giving. And uh, this is an excerpt of a keynote where I was talking about my gram and the way that she afforded me this gift of perspective. At the very beginning of my hardest and best year, where the weight of terrifying overwhelmingly outweighed that of exhilarating, I needed perspective. I had a quick conversation with my Grandma Lee. And if you follow me, you know, my Grandma Lee, she's a baller. She is 99 years old. She is sassy. She is savvy. She does not give a shit. You know, say, for sure, I was going to be
0: a nut. Well, when I, (laughs) I got to eighth grade, and I discovered boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that changed the plan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Completely.
1: <laughs> she called me one day and she said, uh, How's it going? Oh, <laughs> cram. It's both terrifying and exhilarating. It's more terrifying than it is exhilarating. It's sad, but I have hope. I'm broken, but I'm building. And she said something that only someone who's 99 can say. Someone who'd already buried two husbands, lost a son to cancer, grandson by suicide. At 99, most of her friends dead, a veteran of war, a single mother to five. She'd been through it all. And she said, I can tell you this, every hard thing I've been through I got to the other side. I didn't like it when it was happening. I'm sure glad I don't have to live through it again. But now that I'm on the other side, I'm stronger for knowing I can handle whatever's gonna come next.
0: I I, have just been so blessed. I have the most wonderful family for me, faith is the most important thing yeah and no matter what i had to go through i never lost my faith in god in my church i always practiced
1: my faith yeah i didn't know in december of 2019 as i made that idiotic declaration that i was going to have my best year ever that I didn't get a say in the circumstances that would define it. And here I am. I look back with gratitude for every single thing that happened in the year that didn't go my way. I know nobody here wants to go through 2020 again, but damn it, you went through it. You are stronger for having persevered through it. And there is something so impressive in having made it through that gives you proof of your ability to make it through whatever is gonna come next. You know, one of the things (laughs) I was thinking um, I did in Built Through Courage, um, I referred to this commencement speech that of all people Steve Jobs gave about living with this knowledge that we only have a limited amount of time on the planet. And, you know, I I thought, I'd like to just drop it in here because I think that there is a correlation between this little piece of advice that my grandma is giving me at the end of her own life to not let her death keep me from living mine, um, that is a good, just a good reminder for all of us that, um, that there is a finite amount of time that we have and, um, and that we got we to gotta chase living life um, because there's a... There's, um... In 2005, Steve Jobs gave one of the greatest commencement speeches of all time at Stanford University. When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. He goes on to suggest that when he confronts his mortality, it affords him an ability to ask if what he's going to do in the day ahead is something that fuels him. Change comes when the answer isn't yes. Like jobs, we only have a limited time on this earth. When we can stay connected to this reality, we're free from thinking we have something to lose by going after our dreams. As Jobs said in that commencement speech, there is no reason not to follow your heart. Death is a guarantee. It absolutely will happen for every one of us, and it is just about the only thing we can be sure of in life. What's crazy is that many of us spend most of our lives afraid of dying, when the promise of death should be the thing that gives us life. This knowledge should be the greatest catalyst ever for doing everything we can with the limited time we have. Fear can be a great motivator. In fact, it's the motivation I tap into most when I think about who I want to become. There are people who are driven by the visualization of all they can be someday. But I tap into a darker, more powerful force. What might it feel like to miss the opportunity to fully live into who I was meant to be. I lean into something called the power of negative visualization. In the depths of a glorious midlife crisis around age 40, desperate for the answers to the bigger existential questions of why I was here and where my fulfillment might be found, I imagined my 60th birthday dinner. Seated at the table were my now adult children, my closest friends, anyone and everyone who mattered most in my life. On big birthdays in my family, we always go around the table and toast the honoree, recognizing the contributions they'd made to everyone at the table in the years that led to this monumental threshold, and this would be my toast. My vision for this dinner had it unfolding in one of two ways. The first, the people around the table get choked up with emotion during their speeches, in tears for the impact I've had on their lives. My tears meeting theirs, I get up from the table and share a long hug with each guest before the next person dives in on their gushing report of a life well lived. The room is so full that it's standing room only, and this celebration goes on forever. Hours, I can see it like a movie playing in my head. In the other version, some of my grown children don't show. Those that do don't have much to say. There's no need for standing room as the table sits with empty seats, and the tears that flow aren't those of joy but regret. Sadness for what could have been. Disgust for how the last 20 years could have gone. Wasted. There's shame instead of pride. Pity replacing embraces. This movie plays in my head too. This is the visual that keeps me asking what it will take to show up for my life and those who I love. This negative visualization causes me to put my running shoes on when I don't feel like it, has me choosing a therapy session over a drink, These are the images that I most fear, and I leverage that fear to motivate me to do it anyway on the days I don't feel like it. A couple years back, we were hit with the unexpected news of the passing of my brother-in-law, gone way before his time, snatched in an instant. Devastating news that sent shockwaves through our family. As we gathered to celebrate his life, The funeral ended with a touching tribute of pictures in a slideshow to some of his favorite music, not a dry eye in the house, each of us remembering something great about someone great, gone too soon. As I sat there remembering Michael, I couldn't help but consider the slideshow at my own service one day. The reality hit me that I was the sole owner of every image in the slideshow of every day that was left in my life. The way I honored the intention of my creator, met the needs of my family, led with a servant's heart to those I'm in community with, that I, as the author of this life, had a say in how spectacular that memorial would be with the way I filled every day I have left with the memorable experiences, love for family, the acts of service, the work of impact that would ultimately create the way I would be remembered once I was gone. How I might honor my Maker with my work here on Earth. I've been given enormous gifts by our Creator. All of us have. Over our kitchen table hangs a sign with a family mission statement of sorts, among the words written on it, to whom much is given, much is expected. I know that I can't fight time. I know that one day I will die. I know that when I get to the end, be it 60 or 100, I wanna have a celebration of a life well lived, a life that honored the gifts I was given, a life that makes me as proud as those who might raise a glass at my birthday or eulogize me at my funeral. What kind of toast do you envision your milestone birthday 20 years from now? What kind of video will they play at your funeral to commemorate the way you took what was given and made the absolute most of it? The call to journey out on these choppy seas isn't an invitation so much as a mandate. It's the call to each of us to fully exploit our gifts in order that those gifts might serve others in our lives who so desperately need them. As Tim Ferriss said, the hard choices, what we most fear doing, asking, saying, these are very often what we most need to do. Heeding the call of this mandate to fully unleash the gifts that exist inside of you may scare you unlike anything you've ever known before, which is why you know you have to take a step off the dock and onto the boat. The seas are calling. Some of you will fear the choppy waters. Some may even fear death. I fear not fully living while I'm alive. Jobs ended his speech with these words. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Or in the words of Andy Dufresne inside the walls of Shawshank Prison, get busy living or get busy dying. All right and this final set of conversations have happened in the midst of this uh cancer diagnosis after having turned a hundred years old um facing this reality of the end being near and um just having a conversation with her my mom uh is in some of these clips as well as we were visiting with her in the aftermath of the diagnosis and um there's just something so admirable about the stoic, confident, faith-filled version of who she's always been that um, I just admire so much and respect so much, and um, I hope that it, you know, inspires you too.
0: But had no education and yet managed to come to America all alone, not knowing one. So there was no other relative, nothing. That man came over, became a citizen, served in the American army, spent years in the Philippines. He was a horseman, never drove a car, but he rode a horse and he knew how to take care of horses. And his father was also a horseman you know, generation before him. And eventually he ended up living in that house after every, after all the kids were growing up. That house was it's an
1: awesome house.
0: Con- converted into apartments. So my grandfather rented one of those apartments. And when my father would come back from America to visit his dad, that's where he would go. Huh. And he sees my mother. And my mother's job was to take care of her mother. She was not to get married. She was to take care. Her mother was a widow. But she had a sister who never married. And that supposedly that sister was supposed to do this job. But she didn't have a very nice personality. And my mother was, oh, my mother was a sweetheart. So anyhow, my grandmother wanted my mother not to marry, stay there. And my father, as I understand it, pursued her for eight years until her mother finally gave her (laughs) freedom to marry this man. So that's what we did, what he did. And then about 18 months, when I was about 18 months old, he decided my mother wasn't happy in America. So he took, the three of us took a ship and back we went to Italy.
1: Oh my goodness. And
0: he no sooner gets her pregnant and he can't stand Italy. He hated so Right back to America, he comes and leaves her there with a the baby on the way and me about three years old. So my brother was born in Italy. I am the only American born. I went to preschool there. The nuns taught preschool. And then finally she said, I married the man. I am going to live with him. Because
2: her family said, he's a bum. Don't go, stay here. You made a bad decision. She goes, I made my bed, and I will lie in it. So she comes
0: back. My mother must be a saint up in heaven when I think of of what she did and how she handled herself. When he was, he would run that radio so loud uh-huh. that she couldn't sleep until it turned off. I think it turned off at two in the morning or something, and he'd have that thing just blaring. And so she'd take the dog and off she'd go, walk in the streets two or three in the morning, in order to get away from him. Uh-huh. And then she'd come back.
2: I mean, could hardly speak English. And I remember my friends when they'd call and they'd say, "I can't understand your grandmother. She doesn't speak. She doesn't speak English." And I go. Well, I don't speak Italian. I said, she speaks English. And they're like, well, I don't understand a word she's saying, Patty. That's funny. Yeah, I was like, that was so funny.
1: Can you still speak Italian?
0: Oh, I I can't speak it anymore, but that's all I spoke. That
2: was my first
0: language. She spoke
2: it for a lot. Mother, you can speak Italian. Yes, you can. (laughs) Quit lying. Uh, Yeah, quite a life.
1: All right. So what do you think about the end? You're okay with the end?
2: I guess I have to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think you have to be. <laughs> are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to see Dad? Are oh. you ready to see Ken and Harry and your mom and your dad and your brother? That's I, so when you think of that, yeah. Are you ready to see your you know, all those that have gone before you? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've,
0: you know, basically, I've had a really good life. I had two good men.
1: They were both really great grandpas. They
0: were great men, sure. and you know, as far as I know, they were faithful
2: to me. Sweetest. Yeah. You never oh. knew my grandmother. She no. was a sage, that woman. She there. was a kind, loving, humble. She was humble.
0: Very, very, very.
2: You know, well, that's why I married your dad. The biggest thing, when I would ever describe Dave, my husband, I would say he was the most humble man. That's how I always mm-hmm. saw your dad. I don't think he realized how nice-looking he was, how... I just don't think he realized... It's a,
1: a wonder you guys had me.
2: My family. <laughs> I'm talking about my dad. I'm talking about my dad. Oh. oh, my, my. dad was a very humble man. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. what that was the first thing I used to say was, that was his best quality he was so humble, so humble. It was like yeah. you don't really know who you are, but
0: yeah. that was my mother coming from that place, and coming from a father who was. The, a mayor in the town. I, I, there was a doctor in the family. And I mean, these are upper level people. And here she comes to America.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed spending a little time with Grandma Lee. At uh, this point in time, I bet she is dancing in heaven, reunited with so many loved ones that uh, preceded her in their trip there Um, once again i just want to say thank you so much to every single one of you who uh, sent a card for her her 100th birthday i mean goodness gracious this woman got thousands of birthday cards from you friends on the internet and uh and for so many of you who have uh, been so decent and generous and kind in praying for and sending uh, warm thoughts to my family in the midst of this time. So uh, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week on Rise Together. Thank you. All right. If, if you can leave everyone who's listening with one piece of advice, what is one single piece of advice that you would give to everyone listening once we put this out on the air? I'm going to say
0: last, A lot. I think that's
1: a great idea.
0: I love laughing. And I have always laughed a lot.
1: Hey, y'all. While I am taking a hiatus from social media, I'd still love to stay connected to you on the regular. If you head over to mrdavehollis.com, I have an opportunity for us to become one-way pen pals. Yep, I'm going to be sending out regular updates, uh, stories, uh, observations, hopefully things that will also make you laugh or think. uh, And I'd love to be able to do that on the reg. So if you uh, are so inclined, hit MrDaveHollis.com, drop in your email, and buckle on up. I love you all. Thank you for all the continued support, let's go.